At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr., a production of The Black Effect and iHeartRadio. I'm Steve Smith Sr. And I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut To It. Cut To It. Let's get down to it. Cut To It. We ask the questions you always want to know, but no one ever asks. Let's cut to it. You know it's If you ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. But you know it's it's almost there. I'm almost there. <laughs> You're almost there. Smitty, man. Let's cut right to it. How hey, hey, hey. You doing good? Uh, I guess so. Cool. cool. I just had to. Yeah. Go ahead. So, I mean, it's 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 that time of year where you know, a lot of, of things. A lot of things. If you, I'll I'll tell you. If you oh, okay. <laughs> it's it's one of those times where. Um, you know, I know your appearances are starting to pick up and you're starting to travel a little bit more as things are starting to lighten up, but we've had a little bit of conversation. What's a what's a common misconception when you're mm. doing either speaking events or appearances or whatever it is for maybe a sponsor? What's a misconception when you show up uh, to an event or whatever that whatever that event is? Hmm. Great question. Uh, multiple things. Okay. One, uh, I'm taller. Aside from the physical, yeah, people are like, oh, you're taller than what I thought. <laughs> Thanks, yeah, right. that really made, that actually. Oh, made, when they when they t- when they give you some credit on your height, they're like, oh, oh man, you're, taller. you're taller than what I thought. What you expect me to be? I, I, was, I take that as a straight up compliment. Yeah, I'm like, you think I was Spud Webb? I don't know, but you said taller. Right. Um, the other is uh, you oh you you oh yeah you're a little little thick like a like a football player. Mm. Like, oh, yeah, that's what I kind of did. <laughs> um, and this is the one I don't necessarily know how to take it. Okay. They take it as a backhanded compliment. Oh. Hmm. You're a lot different than what I expected. Hmm. And I'm not sure what they expected. Yeah. And what do they mean by that? I don't know. I take it as a maybe you're not as stupid as I thought. Or um, you speak so well. Yes, I hate that. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, I mean, I've heard you speak. You don't really sound well, like uneducated on the phone. Well, you know, how, <laughs> you know how it is when you certain when you show up for certain things and you actually speak. People are shocked you know when I mean? you actually are educated in in the things that come out of your mouth. So. You know what I think? I want to show up to an event. What? I was one day in a suit, just sagging. Sagging suit, <laughs> sagging, bagging, berry in a suit. Yeah, that. you won't be invited back for that one. <laughs> no. Why is pants bunched down to his, <laughs> his Cole Hines? <laughs> With a designer belt. Yeah. Walking. Right. Yeah. Nah. Right. People. Always but yeah. What are the? What are the, the? 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 I guess those misconceptions for sure. Uh, I I was in a. I I have been in a meeting where you know. 
I've been told that if I, you know, if I couldn't catch football, I wouldn't be in this meeting. Mm. I was, it was a, I was in actually in a financial meeting um, with a guy who told me. And I hate being in business meetings and people say, "Well, let me, uh, let me break it down for you. Let me give as, you a." As if you didn't get it the first time. Oh no! I, I, let me go deeper, please. Mm-hmm. Don't cut me off. Wait, wait. <laughs> oh, touche. Let me give you a football analogy. Mm-hmm. What do you mean a football analogy? We're, we're talking about business. Mm. Like you ain't gonna be able to understand it another way. And so, uh, my my financial guy DC, uh, he when he hears that and they do that, he always puts his head down. Yeah, he's like, oh. They just messed up this right. deal. I've had people in a financial meeting talking about stocks, bonds, mutual funds, passive income, assets, mm-hmm. them being the liability. Yeah. Let me break this down for football. Yeah. And then they try to, well, you know, I'm the quarterback. Oh, God. That's, you know, This sounds horrible. Right? And, you know, I know you're a wide receiver, but, you know, we're going to let someone else be the wide receiver and, you know, you be the lineman. Bitch, I'm not blocking. Why well, I got to be the lineman? Why does it have to be a football yeah. analogy? Why can't we just – are you making me passive income, sucker? Yeah. Bottom line. So I've, I've had if that. They didn't, they didn't think you would know that. No. But then what was even great about this, this is, I think, 08, 07. We were at a, at a – we were in New York. <laughs> And, the, and we were at lunch, and they start talking, all that stuff. Then right before he goes to the bathroom, I said, well, you know, what's the rate on the return? Like, you know, what are you guys projecting, and, you know, do you guys have numbers? And he goes, well, you know, I got to use the bathroom, but just to let you know, um, I mean, really, you know, we're just getting started. And then he went to the bathroom. I looked at my, I looked at DC. I said, what the? Did you hear what he said? He says, I didn't know. I didn't know. They wanted me to be their first client. Mm. They didn't even have a performer. So you thought, they thought that you were just going to walk in there and just fall in love with whatever they were going to say. And you were supposed to just fall for it because you, some you sort of dumb jock, or you oh, ain't, you're not you're not prepared for the meeting, or you don't have the information. Yes, they had That's... nothing. All they had was they didn't even. The sad part, the projections they had were not even real projections because they had no performer. They had no actual history. Yeah. To be able to say what they could have projected for future earnings because, you know, over the last couple of years, this is what they've done. So as you've, as you've gotten older and now you mature, because I've heard you talk about this before, but as you've gotten older, do you still sway to not necessarily give people what they expect, but now you're, now you're more so, but I, I, do you think now more so are you trying to now break that stigma? Oh, actually, yeah. yeah as you, as you're older now. I yeah. have to because. No, you said before you used because to Because I that. get it, yeah. Then it just shows how stupid I am because then I start to play into the narrative. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, I, I make sure I present myself well. If I'm in a business meeting, I wear maybe jeans or, sh- you know, some slacks mm-hmm. and a collar shirt. I still wear my hat, flipped up hat, and, you know, some – I won't wear tennis shoes. I wear, you know, I, I wear some Vans or some some casual shoes. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I am cognizant of making sure that when I come to the meeting – I don't come um, like I just came out of the gym. And so I do believe, because also, too, is I also represent my family. Yeah. And so I got to make sure that I don't present myself that in a way, either way that I come unprepared, right? I come with with a pen and paper, be able to take notes, or if I hear something that uh, possibly rings a bell or I need more clarification on, you know, I have, I, I have that. So I always make sure I come with a notepad and, and give them that dedicated time. It's dope, man. Breaking those misconceptions. Yeah, but sometimes One it day is. day at a time. But sometimes it is fun to kind of play into the narrative. 
because they they will you know like there has been times where uh, I played the angry black man sometimes in a meeting because it's just kind of cool to see him like get stuck. They're like, what, what, what are we doing? I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I won't kill you. I won't kill you. I won't kill you. <laughs> I won't kill you. I won't shoot you. But if yeah, you steal can. from me, I get I whoop your ass. <laughs> You just gotta play it a little yeah. sometimes, yeah. right? But it's funny as uh, DC, my my financial guy, I told him um, back in the day. I used to watch. I used to come from like from practice. He he used to be downtown, so I literally would get off the practice field, jump in my car, and run to his office and watch him put in a call or put or put in a stop. And I will watch him do it. Because you don't want to be the uninformed guy. Nah, I told him if he stole with me, I, I oh you're on bet. <laughs> yeah, I told him if he stole with me, I I won't call the police. I come to God come to your house oh, okay. and get my money and some other folks' money too. And he was like, "Well, Smith, I don't, I don't know all this still." I said, "Oh, okay." Yeah. And so, but that's a running joke. He's been my guy ever since. But I used to, I used to literally go over there and watch him. And um, well, what's cool is I actually intern, intern under him. Mm. Uh, but I was a different intern because uh, when you got a couple of millions. And he's you, you, his. I'm his intern. I ain't getting you coffee. Like, <laughs> I, I ain't gonna be these entry level job uh, responsibilities don't yeah. really apply to me. Huh? No, nah, like you can listen. And I'll, I'll, I'll copy and I'll do this and I'll do spreadsheets. Mm. But getting your ass coffee? <laughs> no, sir. Get your own coffee. Actually. Your ass can get me some coffee. Because <laughs> I'm still the client. <laughs> I'm still the client. Yeah. yeah, cream and sugar, please. <laughs> so, hey, who we got? Coming up on the Cut To It podcast, we've got Muhammad Massaquai, five-year NFL veteran, a graduate of the University of Georgia, an entrepreneur, graduate from the Harvard Business School, and just overall good dude. Muhammad Massaquai on the Cut To It podcast. Muhammad, thanks for joining the Cut To It podcast. Anytime, man. Y'all are some of my favorite people, so for sure. Oh, thank you. Check something out, bro. (laughs) Our first segment that we do, Mo, is called Get Iced Up. And Smitty, we'll hit you with the first question. All right. All right, here we go. You ready? Let's go. All right. Do you believe money can or can't buy happiness? Oh, that's a really good question. I, I think that if you're happy, it will allow you to do certain things that bring happiness to other people. If you're unhappy naturally, you're going to be unhappy with money. Mm, yeah. That's bullseye. It is. You, <laughs> hey, money makes bullseye. you more of what you already are, right? Exactly. Let's, go, let's go down the list. If you're ugly, you're just ugly with money, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. If you're stingy, you're just stingy with money. If you're greedy or selfish, you're just a selfish person with money. Right. So money cannot improve your situation if you have a poor point of view. 100 um, <laughs> percent. Would you rather be a boss or employee? Oh, a boss. For real. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you got to control your own destiny. There's a lot of people in leadership positions that don't always lead. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you want to be able to influence the trajectory of where you go and hopefully bring other people along with you. Would you have been shocked if someone would say employee? Hell, sometimes I want to be employee. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like sometimes the boss answer would be like the social media answer. Like everyone on social media wants to be a boss. But to your point, they, you know, they're not. You know what I hate more than anything? Mo, would you agree with this? Because we'll get into it later, but you're a boss. But you have been like me, been an employee. Yeah. Man, there are some days when the the mortgage... Or the loan payment is due. Yeah. Brother want to be employee. <laughs> <laughs> I get yeah. it. I mean, I get it. It depends on which lens you look out of it with. Yeah, you got to be wired a certain way. Because everybody <laughs> thinks it's like, it's glamorous when you work yeah. for yourself or you got other people under you. But like, you, that come with responsibilities. There, there's things that you're accountable for. It's not the fake, you know, version of social media where people are renting stuff and just taking pictures at things they're not at. Like, when you really there? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, there's, there's people that, that depend on you. So with yeah. that comes a lot of pressure. Everyone says boss, but they don't want the responsibility of boss. Not heavy as a head. Mm-hmm. All right, a few more. 
does truth exist without evidence? I think sometimes people know now what they do with the truth is, mm. is a whole different animal. But I, I think I think people know um, deep down inside. So does it exist without evidence, though? I mean, you need, uh, it depends. Like some people want evidence just to say that they, I got you. Um, or now I know for sure. But sometimes your intuition, sometimes even the fact that you question something can, can, can mean that, you know, that's, that's truthful enough. Um, if, if you don't trust something all the way, um, you know, that, that, that may be an indicator whether you have evidence or not um, to, to act accordingly to what your gut is telling you. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So this is the last one. Now, this one is going to throw you for a loop, but just sit back. All right. Let's Relax. Get into, get into your character. Are you ready? I'm ready for it. Which what? character, though? I don't know. Dep this question is going <laughs> to tell on you. This question is going to tell you, are you character, are, you know, is Mohammed going to answer or is Massaquat going to answer? <laughs> it's a, it's a, one or the other. That's all you got. All right. So you're about to get into a fight. Uh -huh. What song comes on as your soundtrack? I'm about to get into a fight. You're about to get into a fight. I'm talking about a Molly Wop. <laughs> knuckle, knuckle, right? We in the alley, in the phone booth. Fist fight in the phone booth. What soundtrack comes on? Bang. Uh, I'm going to have to take it back, like, either, like, Knuck If You Buck. Or that's what okay. <laughs> I just, right. just got your ass. I've seen a lot of people get their ass with the knuck if you buck. Yeah. Back in them college days. So he might he might be on or something. Mm -mm. You, don't, you don't like it? That's a that's a fake one. That no, I just think it takes too long to get hyped though. Oh, you want something that's just like reckless from the start where you gotta put on some like Oh, it's a fight. It is it's a fight. You, <laughs> ain't, like from you the ain't got time to oh, be hold on, hold on, hold on. warming up. <laughs> Like, hold, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, skip it. Get get past the first 20 seconds. Get get me okay. to the pipe. You know, I used to have a teammate say he got to put on something Gucci. And he used to always say it's the beat. So it wouldn't even be nothing that Gucci said. It would just That's be right. like, whatever Zaytoven put on the beat is what put him in the mood. So Okay. Let's just get, get He got his ass whooped too. Y'all yeah. over for two right now. Look, if you book, I have your back. Oh, I don't what, 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 what are y'all playing? Just. I, right now, I off real. I got DMX. Which one? It don't right matter. Just it don't matter. I mean, yeah. as soon as he gets, it's like, how's it going down? You no, can get no, your no. ass whipped too. As soon as it, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm dodge, bah, 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 dodge. <laughs> that's, right? that's gonna have you with some type of uh, manslaughter charges. You know how DMX get down. <laughs> hey, or like, or, or Tupac. Yeah. All eyes on me. Soon as the beat go, yeah. You know, for me, California love. All that. Listen, I'm an easy date on a fist fight. It don't <laughs> really take much. I whoop somebody's ass right now with a purple, with purple rain playing. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the thing. Like that that's gonna that ain't no one fight and done. That that's gonna extend uh, to a couple of days. You start playing that type of music right there. I mean, think about it. If you get molly whopped. Listening to Purple Rain, y you ain't coming back. You you already one of them sappers, dudes. It's, it reminds me of the uh, the last dance where MJ was listening to what, Kenny Lattimore before yeah. the game. Like, it don't take much. You are you are a different type of assassin to be listening to Kenny Lattimore before a game. Man, you are you are straight up. You, you got crazy. Yeah. Calm. That's like John Wick right there. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whoop you up with an encyclopedia. <laughs> Yeah, nah, hell no. You G. hit you with the Encyclopedia X's too. I don't even know what's in the X. Nah. But wow. That's that's one of them. You'd be like, bro, you got it. I ain't I ain't in trouble with you today. It's like, bro, I ain't even, I ain't even got time for that today. That was fun. I you feel I, I feel warmed up. Do you feel warmed up? I love it, man. That's that's probably like the dopest way to enter into one of these things. I, I have to say, y'all's introductions is better than anybody I've been with. <laughs> it break all the tension, all the ice. We're not, we're not getting any gotcha. I mean, look, it's an open book test about yourself. Mm -hmm. If you fail, that's on you. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> you. You had the necessary yeah. <laughs> instructions in front yeah, of it, you. It's like you can't get the first 400 points on the SAT, which is your name. <laughs> then look, you don't deserve to be in yeah. college, okay? 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> all right, so this is this is one we love doing. We we can ask this a million ways, and we get two million different answers. So, where are you from, and the place you call your hometown? Oh, that's easy, man. I'm from I'm from the Queen City. I'm from Charlotte. Grew up in Hidden Valley. You know, right in between Trine and Sugar Creek. And so home will always be the city. How did your hometown, Charlotte, impact and shape your perspective on on how you see the world today? Well, that's complex just because I'm Liberian too. And so I grew up in like this this weirdness of half of my time spent was around Liberian cultures. The other half was spent in, you know, the Charlotte culture. And so I, I think this this view of the world of just being like an immigrant in the city um, and having these two perspectives have have allowed me, you know, to to be able to identify with people from from everywhere, and also uh, I got a lot of pride in where I'm from, and, and so I take that pride with me everywhere. Even though I live in Atlanta, I'm grounded by the things that uh, I learned in Charlotte. How did those two dynamics differ then? You, you talk about Liberian culture and then just growing up here in Charlotte, were they sometimes one and the same? Did they sometimes butt heads? No, I think it's all love. Like, it's just expressed differently. You know, where um, I don't have no natural born brother, so the people that I grew up with, especially through sports, uh, from all around the city, there's just a lot, of, a lot of love. And with Liberia, it's very tribal. Um, and, and so it's the same manifestation of, of love, just in a different capacity. Uh, from food, you know, we did a lot of, we call them fish fries and, and different things like that, whether it be African foods would be equivalent to like a black cookout. Um, and, and so just that aspect of, you know, music, we kind of had to pull from all over the place um, because J. Cole wasn't around there, uh, Baby wasn't around there. Uh, and so Charlotte kind of gave us like a, a mix on different aspects of things that we just kind of made into our own. And in Liberia, obviously, um, a lot more established culturally. And so intertwining that has kind of shaped me to be who the person I am now. We have to take a break. And more than anything, we got to pay some bills. Mm -hmm. You got check. I love Cut To It. And I, I love it even more when you download us and subscribe and you can follow us on social media too smitty where where at that's at cut to it on instagram what about twitter at cut to it facebook cut to it featuring steve smith senior what about online and you can follow us at cut to it podcast.com where you can buy merch and you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts i got all my answers questions um yeah I got all my questions answered. That's what I'm here for, brother. Cuttoitpodcast.com. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Just walk us through that, though, the, the tribal, the, the immigrant culture that you had to deal with growing up in Charlotte, which is a, a, a very vibrant 
immigrant culture already here in Charlotte that a lot of people not do not know exists. Yeah, you from LA, right? Yes, sir. So just think of like people from Long Beach got a different different pride about Long Beach than people from Compton. Likewise, people from like other aspects, and so in Liberia and a lot of these countries um, that have these tribal aspects, like the area that you're from is just really condensed with, you just do things differently. There's an overall arching um, support of the country at large, but mm -hmm. then like the, the type of person that you represent, the, the values that you represent that come with it, each culture has different things that are unique to themselves. And so actually um, I was having a conversation with my dad about this and they're big on history, they're big on what, what they stand for. And we ended up getting our DNA test. And so I called my dad before the DNA test and he told me like the complete family lineage from our people coming from Mali and Sutherland to Liberia, Ivory Coast, Sierra Leone, all of that stuff. And the DNA report reported all of that. And so when he's giving me advice or when I'm talking to my folks, they're filtering it through what their ancestors told them. And I think in having that groundedness of the highest form of yourself, you are expected just to do amazing things. And I think sometimes people that don't have that connection to where they're from, they're kind of influenced by things that are a lesser degree of themselves. And so they mm -hmm. get involved in things that uh, are, are, are pushed upon them versus being able to identify with the highest form of whatever their people represent. And so um, those lessons have just been pushed towards us, you know, how you're supposed to function, how you're supposed to treat people, what you represent, what your name means, um, why you're here, um, what you're supposed to do. Uh, all, all of that is, is kind of what I mean from the tribal aspect. So it's not just I identify with being from Charlotte and the pride of that, but it's, it's like just a little bit more um, when it comes to how I want to move around in life. You just broke that down, and I love it. So what, based off the conversation you had with your dad, based off everything you just said, what does your name mean, man? So that's actually crazy because I'm, he's doing a, this forced him to have a deep dive and um, just like understanding the actual name where there's two versions. One, he thinks it's like the, the head of the garden, you know, like people live off the, the land there so that's an important title so if like you're the head you're the leader of the garden you're responsible for making sure that everybody eats everybody is supported everybody is nourished um you know your, your body is your temple and so that's he can't confirm it but that's like the last thing that he told me that one of his you know cousins had heard from somebody else but he's doing some diving in there but mm -hmm. it comes with with the title of being a, a leader it comes with the the, the title of doing certain things. And so back to that original like boss or employee, it, it is it almost like you're, you're predisposed to be this thing because of the responsibility that your, your family name has, has carried. And by default, we've always had those conversations, me, him, my mom, uh, about being a leader and not being a follower. And now I'm starting to understand more of the, the, the meaning behind that from a name standpoint. I wonder how the influence of having immigrant parents, but also living in an Im immigrant community here in Charlotte, but also you all, you are being raised and also influenced positively at home. And I was, let's be honest, a little bit negatively mm -hmm. uh, out in public. I'm a dad. So I know there's sometimes I cringe at what some of the stories I hear that my kids are having conversations or, 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 or dealing with and having those questions come when they come home. Yeah, especially the areas that, you know, we, we grew up in. Like, I, when I'm home, I still drive through those areas. And in 30 years, they haven't changed. You know, mm -hmm. you still see the same um, auto shop. You still see the same fast food joints, same check cash and play. Um, they got a light rail going through there, but that's not to benefit the people there. It's for whenever they gentrify it. Mm -hmm. But back to the original question, my my family, they're they're from you know my mom's from a very rural part of Liberia. My dad's more from the city, but they didn't really interact with a lot of um, white people, and so the idea of racism or feeling less than anybody just didn't exist. Like it it, it was just a foreign concept. This is before you know we have 
instant news and ability to get stuff on Google and all this stuff. And so there's, I was taught there ain't nobody higher than you. There's nobody lower than you. We treat people all with respect. We treat people with dignity, but you don't lessen yourself for nobody. And you know what talents and gifts you bring to the world that it's innate in all of us. It, it may shape differently, but you have certain things that, that you contribute at a high level. So never forget that. And so in moving around, being influenced by things that were less than that, they just didn't appeal to me because I knew what my potential was and where I was supposed to go. And let's be honest, like nobody want to be in the streets. Nobody want to be doing dumb stuff. It's just that sometimes that life get a hold of you mm-hmm. and it becomes your identity. You don't know how to shake it. And mm-hmm. even when you try to shake it, there's certain influences that pull you back. And that's because you haven't really identified or tapped into the thing that you're supposed to be doing at the highest levels. It's why when athletes come up out of that situation, they're so productive in the community because they finally see like what their potential are. Or you see uh, entertainers that come up out of that situation. I just think that we've been limited in our exposure to what we can be because things that get pushed on us, athletes, entertainers, but there's people that are gifted at a super high level. They just haven't tapped into it because the environments that they come from don't to support that. But if you're grounding in something that's been supporting you to express yourself and, and let your gifts shine in ways that's not reckless or harmless to your environment, then you you become what you're supposed to become. But you got to be rooted in something. You don't just figure this out by, you know, wandering through life. We're all familiar with Hidden Valley. We're, we're familiar with the places that you're from since we're recording here in Charlotte. So we know where you're from, but do you credit that your upbringing, what your parents instilled in you for not leading you down the wrong path? As a kid, when you're growing up in those environments, you don't know any better. So it's, I think people sometimes stereotype those environments as if like the whole thing is bad and there's, there's so much good there. And so I, I take that with me as well. So there, there's a balance of the intent, but there's also I mean, there's good people, like how I used to get to practice, you know, the, the, the neighborhood grandpa driving everybody around and yeah. spending time with us and telling us different things to how to carry yourself, how to take care of your yard, how to take care of the little things. And so that's things that you grow up in that area. And you go to school with the people that, that end up being, you know, um, that don't pan out the way that they're supposed to be. And at some point they went off track. I mean, we played in the same you know, schoolyards, we ate at the same lunch tables, but something happened. And so you can tell that it's, it's not that people are just born that way. It's just sometimes the environment gives a hold of them, but it's only a small percentage. It's only a small percentage anywhere of people that are being reckless. But I think as that message just gets pushed down that you're from here, wherever it may be in the world, Compton or South Chicago or Liberty City or, you know, zone, whatever you're from, people take that identity and it's the negative identity but just like there's a highest form of expression of being from liberia there's a highest form of expression of being from compton or from being from like the south side or west side of atlanta from being hidden valley from being from you know what's being gentrified now but Beatty's ford like yeah all those areas have the highest form but they're so new that it like people haven't had a chance to see a whole generation cycle through like if the 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 drug gang stuff didn't happen in the early 80s i think we would have been able to see that but it's kind of like a a lost generation because there's a people went to jail people died other stuff popped up and now i think we're starting to get back to that to where a kid can see oh this is what smitty looks like at however old you are i don't want to put no age on you um, that's cool 41 yeah. you know i'd rather be 41 and no one so now i can see smitty with a beautiful wife beautiful kids that's been able to have not only the first thing that everybody wants to be but to play at um play at the highest level in the nfl but also transition into a businessman like i now i can see that i can see the full cycle we haven't been able to do that before you know um, so now when being able to see the full cycle, I think people can see, man, this is dumb. I'm not about to be out here acting all reckless when I can do it this way mm-hmm. or look at so-and-so over here. They, they didn't even play sports, but they went to school and now I can see them just because we have access to more information where before we were limited. What were your daydreams about older Mohammed Massaquah? 
you know what's crazy is my mom, we used to drive through South Park and Quail Hollow. And I didn't get it at the time, but it was my mom's. She was showing me what life outside of where we grew up looked like. And I would always wonder, like, what do these people do? Like, who are they? And obviously, you, you never get the answers to those questions because you can't go knock on a door or whatever. But I think that was the thing that created, like, a different spark, a different belief that I don't know what I want to do, but I, I want to function like this, not only in terms of monetary, but just the quality of life, the, the doing something meaningful, the being able to not do laborious jobs that you know you don't get appreciated for and so those early seeds that were planted was something that i've like always stuck stuck to me as to being able to see outside of the environment and so i i didn't know because i didn't see it but i knew that even like how i approached education and what i thought about school once i got to college and knew i was going to the league it was one of those things that all right even when this game is over I'm going to make sure that I can still function at the highest levels. When your mom used to drive you around in South Park and you wanted to knock on the door to see what's in there, now I flip it. What about the next Mohammed Massaqua? And he does get the opportunity to knock on your door. One, do you open it? And two, if you open it and let them in, what, do you, what nugget do you give them? You know, this situation actually happened about... Say it ain't so, bro. I'm patting myself <laughs> on the back right now. Uh, it's about a month and a half ago, young young boy from the other side of town, he was here and he was carrying like a box of stuff that he was selling for his youth organization. Now, you in Atlanta or you in Charlotte? I'm in Atlanta. So he's from the west side. And so he up here and it's crazy. He came banging on the door. Boom, 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 boom. Like, like police? Yeah, like you got scared. Bro, who is this? Nah, <laughs> nah. Like I mean, you you gotta know how to talk to these kids. So um, you just put yourself in the other. If the shoes were flipped, I, I probably would have done the same thing to, you know, maybe not as hard. Yeah. Um, but I'm sitting there, and you can just you could just you could see it on his face. You can see the pain in his face. You could tell that he was trying to do the right thing. Mm. And he was like, "Man, I'm selling this. I don't even know what he was selling." And he was like, man, I was like, how much it cost? He was like $5. And so I gave him a ton of money. Uh, and it was through Cash App. And so I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this kid. It's super hot here in Atlanta. And he's going around. And I'm like, man, tell me your story. And he's like, this is my story. You know, I'm trying to do the right thing. I just got out of a situation. It wasn't in my fault. Da, 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 da. And you could just see, like, this kid could really be out here in the streets. But this kid going door to door. And so I was like, man, here's on my number. I believe in you. You know, you're supposed to do something more meaningful. Just trying to speak life into him and just show him that somebody care and that his life, you know, is worth something. Because a lot of times when you, you get wrapped up into that and you're trying to do the right thing, and it's like, damn, these people see me out here. They're in this nice neighborhood. They can't even give me $5, you know. And realistically, you see a kid like that, give him $500. Like, you know, it don't fundamentally change your life. It's but it will fundamentally change his life and just plant a seed that, man, if I just keep going, if I keep like figuring out, if I keep connecting these dots, I can make something of myself. And I may never see that kid again. He probably won't call me, but hopefully like you can just plant those little seeds along the way. Cause you just never know. If, um, I remember Eddie Jones, the uh, basketball player he, um, for the Lakers. He got, he was here and then I think he got shipped to the Lakers or vice versa. He was in the school. He, I didn't even get a chance to meet this dude. Just the fact that Eddie Jones was in the school was, like, meaningful. And I remember when Kerry Colbert, he got drafted, and he pulled up to, um, to watch us practice. And I was like, damn, you know, like, this is crazy. This is Kerry Colbert. You know, he out there uh, coming from USC when y'all used to come to games. Just like that little seed of belief, yep. it creates that reference point. It's like, all right, I can do it. These people are human. These people got great hearts. These people are, you know, just like me in some capacity. And you start to see that, like, where we live now, where people are doctors, lawyers, and different things, they normal people. Like, they, they may have had different opportunities, but they're not more talented or more whatever that society would like you to believe. And so if you can just pass that on and help a person connect the dots, it's, 
I mean, there's no telling what a person can become. You don't really travel too far. You get an opportunity to go to UGA, University of Georgia. Mm-hmm. And Georgia is one of the teams, yeah, they may be up and down different years, but they're, they're one of those teams in the SEC that are, you know, they're top tier. Yeah. You know, you powerhouse. powerhouse. So you go from one powerhouse at to another at the entry level of high school, right? And then now the next level at another powerhouse. How do you keep a level head and you start to really just enjoy playing college football, going to division one, not a little, not too far from home, but you obviously in a big city in Atlanta, in, in Georgia, Athens, where from Hidden Valley to, to, to Georgia, I think, you know, it's, it's the creme de la creme, would you say? Yeah, it was a culture shock, bro. I remember we had a golf tournament. This is, you know, before the summer of my freshman year. And I showed up in red dicky shirts, dick dicky shorts and a skin shirt and like some um, white Air Force Ones with a red check. Ooh, I and, see, I see, I see. Oh, I was, I was clean. Slouch, slouch socks and all. And so I pulled up. This is my first time ever on a golf course. And I'm like, I'm super fresh. And it was like, you, you super not. Like, we got to take this kid to go change. And so you start to get acclimated just in, like, how the outside world works. Because you're, you know, when you play at this powerhouse, but it's not like you get money or it's not like you travel in the world or you're in fancy hotels or nothing like that. You still from the bus is going to drop you right back off to your neighborhood. Once you finish practice and at the end of the game, you don't come right back there and watch the news um, to try to see some highlights. So your, your, your quality of life hasn't changed in high school at all. But then you go to this powerhouse school where you can eat everything you have the nicest amenities, you have everything, but mentally you're still in that environment. And so you either have to make sure that you, you keep the good aspects of it, but then you refine some of the things that need, you know, improvement. And I think sometimes people don't, they don't know how to make that shift to where they just, they just keep their whole self versus growing and evolving. Not to say that you got to change the person, but you, you know, have to adapt. Yep. you have to adapt each time you learn something new you should bring that with you versus just being tied to the old i think it's about that time just uh take a little breather hey gerard where did you get that t-shirt you mean this thing oh yes i got it from cut to it podcast.com where we have exclusive merchandise shout out to our guys at 704 shop but yeah you can go on buy you a t-shirt subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts you know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. So you go from high school powerhouse and you go to UGA, college powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Now you get drafted. 2009, 
you get drafted to a non-powerhouse, <laughs> Cleveland Browns. Man, take us through that downgrade. I, I played with seven quarterbacks in four years. Okay. So, yep. uh, Derek Anderson, Brady Quinn, Jake DeLone, yep. Seneca, Colt, um, uh, Thad Lewis. Uh, did I name all of them? I think I, think I did. But it's there's another culture shock. And mentally, it was it, it was stressful, and it was I, I didn't I didn't understand what mental health was at that time. But looking back on it, it was depressing. It was it was it was just hard because it was just so dysfunctional, and it was not to nobody. I don't think anybody was like a bad person or or didn't know how to do their job. It was just how everything came together. Mm -hmm. it was awful. And so as a young player, you know, I'm in year one and after week four, I'm the oldest receiver in the room. And you know, you don't, even if you're talented, you don't know nothing. You don't know how to be a pro. You don't know how to take care of your body. You really don't know how to watch film like that. You don't know like the, 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 the savvy vet moves that, that people get a chance to learn. Um, and so it was a steep learning curve. And then we're switching quarterbacks in and out every week. It's just, it's just chaotic. And so that was like a really tough situation. And then I remember the next year, I spent all this time in the off season working. And then I got the big concussion. And that was another crazy year where we played Tampa, come out, have a good game. Jake has a high ankle sprain. Then Seneca has a high ankle sprain the week later. And then Colt gets thrown into the fire. And then before I know it, I get the career change of the hit from James Harrison. And then you, so you have like this, this big dream of having like this crazy NFL career. And then it just doesn't manifest in the way that you anticipate because it's just like, everything's just like as crazy as you can think of. And so like, in looking back at that, it was a great learning experience of a lot of things not to do from an organizational standpoint, but also in how much you need just it, you need some type of structure and you need the pieces to fit together in a way that the mental aspect doesn't do more harm than good when it comes to performance, especially, you know, when you got these high caliber athletes and they can physically perform in a certain standpoint, but everything around them uh, impacts their performance in an adverse way. The hit changed your career. What do you mean by it changed your career and, and not to go not to go about the head or any of that stuff, but just the psychological aspect of it, because a lot of people who may be listening may not know what you're talking about. That hit changed how the NFL viewed concussions. That's that was like the big weekend that everything started mm. to change. And then the concussion movie came out like a year, a few years after that. Um, but if you look back at like, all like the clinic tapes and everything of like the 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 hit that that is the hit and i even remember our bye week was a it took me three weeks to come back from that we played the saints the next week i sat out that game and we had a bye week and then the week after that we we played and i remember walking through the airport uh the second week we had on our bye and hakeem was like bro have you seen sports illustrated and i was like nah and as I'm walking through the airport on the phone with him, I see like the thing and I'm just getting blasted. And so when you get a big hit like that, your body recovers differently. Mm. I, I ended up getting three more after that, two the next year and then a year after that. But when you start getting them like that, then you're like, man, I don't want to get hit. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Um, the recovery time's longer. Yeah. You don't know if it psychologically, you don't know if it's impacting your performance. If you drop a ball, it's like, damn, you know, is, is something wrong with my brain with my brain? If you're fatigued, then you, you know, have a missed assignment. So it's it's this this mindset within everything else that's going on. And so I actually go get uh I go up to um ironically, University of Pittsburgh, um uh neurosurgeon Mickey Collins and his team, they're one of the best in the world, to get my brain evaluated uh every other year just so i can make sure that cognitively everything is there but once again you know i remember having a a, a good rookie year crazy dysfunction and so you come into it and it's like all right i actually know how to be a pro now i know how to take care of my body 
And then the first four weeks of the season are just crazy. And so then your play becomes more erratic. And then you have an ownership change. And then you have another coaching change. And then you have quarterback change. And you're like, man, what the hell is this? <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, that, that, that experience was wild. You've mentioned this a couple of times now, but what was your mental health journey in the league and up until now? You know what's crazy? So the other aspect of it is I had the crazy accident in 2017. Um, and for people who don't know, I, I became an amputee. I had an um, ATV accident where I lost my left hand. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the emotions that I had coming from that accident, I recognized for the second time. Uh, um, I had them in Cleveland. And I, I just didn't know what to do with them then because you're supposed to be tough, you're supposed to be macho, you're supposed to... Um, you're not supposed to have emotions. You got money, you, you know, you're doing what you love to do. You're in a position uh, that you're very blessed. And so it almost seems selfish to even be complaining about certain things mentally. And I know who to go to, who to share it with. Like, who, who do you tell? Like, you tell your, your folks, they're going to be like, do you know where you're coming from? Do you tell coaches? they like, you're supposed to perform, toughen up. Like, so I, I just didn't know. Uh, but in dealing with those same traumatic type experiences, I was like, I gotta go get help for this. And so in going to a counselor, going to have therapy and still doing now to this day, not because something's wrong, but just because mentally you should treat your body the same way that you do it physically. You go to the gym to work out. So why not make sure your mind is working out in the same capacity. Uh, and so it's a lot better. It, it's a, I don't think like your mental health is ever solved because everyday life is throwing different things at you whether it be COVID or whether it be you know work stuff whether it just be you know race relationships whatever the case may be so the ability to just stay in a great place mentally um, with the help of somebody to help um, is licensed to get you there I think it's just smart the smart thing to do so you can function at your highest level. Walk us through if you don't mind your life changing event April 14th, 2017, uh, I became an amputee out just actually just going out there to clear my mind, um, place that I felt really comfortable just, you know, forwarding uh, with some of my closest friends. And I got a saying now that there's like there's date, there's danger and comfort because in, in that place that I was so comfortable, I almost lost my life, you know, doing something that I had a lot of experience doing. Uh, and then so I didn't realize that at the time of the accident that I'd become an amputee. I just thought it was a bad break. Sometimes, the, you know, the thing that makes us good athletes or sometimes, you know, we're out of touch with reality. And so I thought that, oh man, I'll just, you know, rehab it. I'll have a cast. But I walk into the emergency room and the doctor's like, hey, Mr. Maxwell, we're gonna have to amputate your hand. And I'm like, what? Like, he's speaking, you know, a foreign language to me right now. And so ended up having 12 surgeries to, to try to save as much as possible and got my thumb, but everything else was gone. You know, you're sitting there in the hospital and you go from being able to do physically whatever you want to do in life to, to you know, just being stuck there. And, and the area that I was at, I, I, still, don't, I still don't even know like the, the breakdown of, of why people were in the rooms, but you start to hear cold blue. And when cold blue happens, that means somebody's died. And so it gives you like this weird perspective of, you know, you just had a part of your, your body that you were born with die. But there's people in here that are really losing their life for real. And so when you walk around the hall again, you see a room that had family in it, that had life in it one day, and then it's pristinely clean. And that just gives you this, this idea that we can't be out here just casually moving through life because it, it can go, it can go really fast. And I would look at my fingers when they put the whole thing back together after the first surgery. And, you know, each couple of days I would see a finger go from pink to black and they would have to amputate it. And I'd see another finger go pink to black. And, you know, you do that a few times and then they chop the whole thing off and then you're getting skin grafts and you have another procedures to go in and clean it and doing all that stuff. You're like, man, this is like, I don't ever want to be in this situation again. So I got to be intentional about how I live. And then, you go through a period where you're still in shock, really, where you're trying to piece it all together, but it don't really make sense. And then I had um, a family friend tell me, like, well, you gotta feel it. You gotta feel the full weight of this thing. 
Mm-hmm. And that's when you look down and you're like, damn, I'm gonna be amputee for the rest of my life. Damn, like, what is life supposed to look like? What am I supposed to do? Um, am I gonna be able to hold my daughter? Am I gonna be able to do this? Am I gonna be able to do that? You know, hell, I, can I, I can't even catch a ball with two hands. Really, I can't, you know, do this, do that. Uh, and so when you come to that reality, that's when like the mental battles start. Um, and mind you, you still, when they, they cut you open, it's live nerve endings, which feel like you're getting electrocuted. And so you got the physical battle that you're trying to recover from, but then you got the mental battle that you're trying to recover from. And it could be overwhelming if you're not getting the right help. And that's to the, the furthest extreme. But people got physical battles that they're dealing with, any emotional and mental battles that they're dealing with that you can't see. And so I, I started to think back. This is when I started to think back in Cleveland where I was like, I've had these type of battles before. And I didn't do anything about them. And I didn't get the results that I wanted. And so now I got to make sure I do something about them. I got to make sure that I'm going to get the right mental therapy. I got to go make sure that I'm taking care of my body physically when I'm putting in and I'm flushing out all these toxins from surgery. Um, Make sure that I'm working out to strengthen my body all over again. Make sure that mentally I'm engaged. I'm I'm educating myself. So when I come out of this, I can do more stuff, um, you know, at, at a higher level because I... I'm not dead, so I, I, I got to come out here and, and make life meaningful. And so, like, all these things just kind of evolved over probably, like, a, a 12-month period through the recovery process. And so when I came out of it, I was ready to go. Like, it was almost like a, a, a crash course off-season of recovery versus some of that stuff lingering with me now. What you experienced was very traumatic in, in, in Cleveland, and you said you didn't handle it right. And I remember me having a tragic injury, not to your anything to yours, and I'm not trying to compare them, but I'm just keep keeping it as a reference. No, speak freely. All right. When I when I tore my Achilles, I ruptured it to the point where it was a double rupture. So a double rupture is it, it tore in the middle, but it also tore off the bone. And they didn't realize until they opened me up that the fr- the top was at the bottom and the bottom was at the top. And he's like, and find out I had toured earlier in the off season. So I had fresh scar tissue. So I played pretty much like the first eight games with a slightly torn Achilles. But I also remember psychologically, there were moments where I literally just wanted to just scream, like just get it out of my system. But I didn't have the knowledge that I have now of like, how do you, articulate yourself how do you vent your frustration in a healthy way where you have that grab your face in a pillow and you just let it go because you're you're carrying so much is is it almost is it is it almost like a grief process it's not it's before the grief process so that so that comes along the 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 journey i'd I'd love to hear yeah that's why i'm asking them so you're looking at your, as they do the skin grafts, and, and, and you said 12 surgeries, so pretty much in the first three surgeries, they're, they're trying to save your, your fingers, and they go from pink to black, meaning a dead nerve. That nerve no longer is capable and, and useful. As you're going through that, you're, you've already stated you're mentally drained. You're physically beat up and mentally continually go through this. And you have to continue and you're, and you're holding on to your fingers. Like, and I'm not trying to be funny, but brother just losing an opportunity to dig in his nose or scratch his back. And now you don't have that. My right shoulder is constantly acid because I can't reach it. Like, you know, and before I even go there in talking about your Achilles, I always tell people when they come to me and they're like, you know, I don't want to compare my situation to yours because yours is much worse. I can't tell you what your trauma felt like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just mean there are sometimes where, you know, you try to relay stories, meaning I, I, I've, I've said this, I've said this to my kids a lot and, and also to athletes is a pulled hamstring is just as bad as a torn Achilles because or a torn ACL because the next or the last injury is always the worst injury yeah, until you have the next injury. Yeah. I'm just trying to fit. I'm, I'm walking through cause I think you have the wherewithal because of the counseling you have elected to receive and the counseling that I have elected to receive, which is you have a grieving process, 
But you also got the process of the what what the heck, right? Where am I? Like, I'm in a like a shock, bro. I'm in a wheelchair in a in a knee scooter. I go from last week. I was playing. I was I was poo pooing on on DBs (laughs) in Baltimore. And now I'm asking my, my wife, hey, babe, can you make me a sandwich? Like, I can't, I got to scoot around. And I remember there were times where I was angry and I was pissed off. Like, man, I could carry my own stuff and mm-hmm. I can't. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I got it. And and that's what I'm saying. Where was that scream moment, that time that you can go on the pillow and you're like, I can't take this anymore. I will walk around the neighborhood, volunteers, mm-hmm. just like... Just like whatever came out, came out because it's it's, it's like your body's it's like volcanic. It needs to erupt. You, you need to you need to be able to dump that stuff up out of you. You holding on to that tension, and you just need to be able to to let it out. I remember Justin Houston. Um, he played for the Colts now. He bro six three two seventy, and he looking at me. He's like, man, how are you doing? And I'm like, man, I'm good. And he kind of cocks his head to the side. He's like, man, how are you really doing? And man, I'm just boo-hoo crying on the man's shoulder, you know, because you, you like people that's been through something, they know when you when you you faking it, they 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 know what you got to go through. And so if you don't let it out, you go crazy, or or you you can escape it probably with drugs or or with some type of like other thing that gives you an out of body world experience. But I'm not trying to be hooked on no drugs. I'm not trying to be you know not myself. I'm trying to get back to myself. And so I just kept having these moments where, you know, my wife would find me in the middle of the night, just like crying in a pillow. Like you, you gotta get it up out of you. And then once you get it up out of you, you gotta keep it up out of you with the right type of help. Um, and, and it's, it's you, you, whatever situation you're going through, if it's serious to you, it's serious. Yeah. I don't, I don't care if it's a paper cut. If you think that's crazy and you think that's like impacting you, go get the right house. Uh, kelp for it. It don't have to be an amputee. It don't have to be Achilles. I tell like whatever you're dealing with, I'm not gonna tell you what you're dealing with. Not a big deal. If it's a big deal to you, it's a big deal. But you you gotta you gotta let people in, and you and you gotta let it out. Because mm-hmm. if, if people don't know how to help you, some people just assume that man that's Smitty. Like he been he been to battle. Of course you gonna of course you gonna respond from the Achilles. And you like. I do, am I going to respond from Achilles? Like, am I going to be the same version of Mo once my rehab is all the way complete? You question what the next step, what the next evolution of yourself is. Um, and as you get further along the journey, you have clarity. But it's a it's a battle. It's, yeah. it's not no just easy, you know, point A to point B, point Z um, type of journey. It's, it's a lot of ups and downs in there. Well, we appreciate your time. We appreciate all your knowledge. We appreciate going down this journey of your life. And one of the things that I love, and I wrote it down, there's a danger in comfort. Talk to you. Right? And and just you you spending that time with us. um, You opening up the door. uh, Living on the side of Atlanta that you live on now, but you open the door to two young men or two older men who are, who are selling, selling things as well. And you have given us a, a lot of knowledge and given us your time. And uh, man, we just really appreciate you. Um, it's fun to hear and see what the, the independence kid is doing in life now. You're doing some cool things, man. Yeah. So uh, no, thank, thank you. Cause oh. you, don't, you don't realize it, man. You, you've just been, you know, and being able to see you come and what you represent you don't even know like the type of hope and the seeds that you planted and even now like it's crazy to think that the the 12 year old me 13 year old me like we'd have some type of relationship in in life and and so just like that you being a just a great human being i I just actually looked up and saw like what time it was and it's like dang we've been we've been chopping it up for for a minute um But just Listen, like that goes to like the respect that I have for both of y'all. You are a unique person. You are well worth it. You are competent. And most of all, you're lovable. I'm Steve Smith Sr. I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr. That is me. 
is a production of Cut To It, LLC, Balto Creative Media, The Black Effect, and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From Cut To It, executive producer Steve Smith Sr., co-host Gerard Littlejohn, talent and booking manager Joe Fushi, social media team Wesley Robinson and John Show. From Balto Creative Media, Cut To It is produced by Brian Baltashevich and Meredith Carter with production assistance by Alex Lebrecht, production coordinator Taylor Robinson. Theme music by Alex Johnson, lyrics and vocals by Anthony Hamilton. You ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.